Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Resilient Health Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Darren Ingalls. And if you follow me, you know, I, I talk about my own experience with Lyme disease, and I've you know, treated thousands of people with Lyme disease. It's the fastest growing infectious disease in the world. In the United States, it affects more than 476,000 new patients every single year. So you could do the math and, you, you know, it's now affecting literally millions and millions of people, you know, not just in the United States, but really around the world. And, you know, I think in, in my own struggles of dealing with Lyme and again, in all the patients I've treated, you know, we come across so much negative uh, press out there about what Lyme disease is and how each person's impacted by it. And honestly, I've been on Facebook groups and a lot of social media platforms. And if you spend a lot of time on these platforms in different line groups, you know, you might get the sense that people never, ever get better. <laughs> and so uh, my guest today is Shauna Holman. And Shauna and I have been working together for, I don't know, maybe it's been about a year and a half or almost two years-ish. And, uh, and she is, you know, one of uh, my success stories. And so I just thought it'd be really great if uh, Shauna could come on today and share a little bit about her experience of dealing with Lyme disease. And, you know, we'll get into, you know, a little bit more about, you know, her story and, you know, how she's dealt with her family, uh, because, you know, I know so many of you, it's, it's not just about how it's impacting you. It's everyone around you who's, you know, your, your kids, your, your spouse, your loved ones, you know, it impacts everyone in your world. So Shauna, thank you so much for taking time out to uh, talk with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So, you know, maybe just start off and start, you know, sharing a little bit about, you know, when things started to change with your health, you know, what were some of the first things you noticed and how did it progress? You know, some of the symptoms, I don't know how much they're connected or not, but some of the things started with me probably like in my late teens, early twenties, and I just didn't know what they were. Um, looking back, obviously you can start to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But they were just funky things that shouldn't be happening to somebody at that age, like getting really weird joint pain that didn't make sense coming out of nowhere with no injury and then would kind of go away on its own and pop up in another joint at another time, heart palpitations, things like that. Um, and I did see the doctor for some of that and um, never got any answers. So just kind of put it on the back burner until something else popped up. And that went on really over the years and different things coming up here and there. Um, and I mean, it just never went away. It was always something new. I ended up having more like chronic health issues. Uh, gosh, how old was I then? I would say um, in like 2008, I started getting like chronic migraines or sinus infections. No one could ever really tell me what they were, but we tried to open different things to treat them, conventional medicine, and nothing really ever made it better. They just got more frequent and more painful. And my health kept just, kind of spiraling downward slowly. And I didn't even really know that that was happening. And I think that my immune system just tanked from all the interventions that included, you know, antibiotics over and over, steroids over and over, and just nothing really getting better. So I was in pain for the last year of that from like 2012 to 2013. There was not a moment of a day that I was not in pain. It just kind of fluctuated how bad it was at certain points. And then at, um, while I was on antibiotics and steroids again for these things, I ended up getting uh, an infection. And my uh, just from a little tiny hangnail, I got MRSA and sepsis and ended up on a week of IV antibiotics. And I was still in pain, even on these IV antibiotics and everything. Nothing was making my headaches feel any better. And uh, yeah, that's when I 
decided I needed to do something else. And um, I made a lot of changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, to your point, I, I think this is a common story. You know, people who have these ongoing, you know, collection of symptoms that go on for often years. Mm-hmm. Again, they've gone to the doctor, you've gone to the specialist, you've seen the neurologist, the rheumatologist, you know, whatever other ologist gets lined up. And, you know, everything on paper, your blood tests look normal. You know, your MRI often looks normal. So it's just so common that people go through this litany of different tests and on paper, everything kind of looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this is why, you know, they call Lyme the great imitator, the great mimic. It looks like so many things. And, you know, I've talked about this on previous, you know, podcasts. You know, when I moved to California, because I lived in Connecticut for 18 years where, you know, Lyme disease is named after Lyme, Connecticut. I lived 30 minutes down the road from Lyme, Connecticut when I got Lyme. But I came out to California and I was really surprised at the number of uh, doctors, healthcare providers that were really unaware of Lyme. And in fact, I had, you know, one doctor tell a patient that there's no, multiple doctors actually tell patients there's no Lyme disease in California. I had one doctor tell a patient there's no deer in California, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, this is kind of what we're, we, you know, the Lyme community are running against, uh, up against is that. You know, we have a, the people who really should be the experts in Lyme being very unaware of what it is, what it looks like. And, you know, this idea that, you know, Lyme's really only in New England or the central part of the Midwest. You know, we had a study done out in California last year. They were looking at ticks on the beaches of California and found these ticks do indeed carry Lyme disease. So this idea that you live in a state that's not necessarily known to be endemic for Lyme kind of doesn't matter. You know, it's really been reported in all 50 states, certainly California. And even according to the CDC, California is the fifth fastest growing state for Lyme disease. So, you know, it's it's just so frustrating when, you know, you're trying to get help and you keep going to the doctor over and over and giving up empty handed. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what happened. Lyme was not even on my radar when I started making changes back in 2013. I, I didn't really know anything about it. I had heard of it. I didn't have any idea that that could be something that I was struggling with at that point, but I just made changes and saw a big change in my health. I think that a lot of most, all of my symptoms pretty much went away with a, like diet and lifestyle changes at that point. And um, I didn't really, I can't remember really having any symptoms pop up for several years. It wasn't until I had two kids pretty much back to back. They're 16 months apart. And when the youngest was still a baby, I started getting new symptoms with like some vertigo and neuropathy, like dropping things and um, my migraines coming back and things like that. And I ended up back at the doctors, you know, chasing different doctor, this doctor, that trying to figure out what's going on a lot of neurologists and things because it looked like MS. Um, We, we were pretty certain that I was braced for that diagnosis and went through the MRIs and everything. And it wasn't MS. And that's when Lyme went on my radar because it was like the only other thing that could make sense. It was like this, everything points to MS, but it wasn't. And that's when I found out that chronic Lyme can look like that. And it was at that point that I uh, decided I should probably pursue answers in that, but I didn't know where to get answers because like you're talking about that most conventional doctors that I talked to didn't even believe that chronic Lyme exists. So I didn't know, I knew I needed to find somebody who <laughs> understood Lyme, believed in chronic Lyme and had real answers for me. Also, that didn't include just putting me back on antibiotics because that did not work for me. And I was not about to wreck my body again because I had just spent so much time healing. 
So that was in uh, 2018 that I ruled out MS, but then my symptoms went away again. And then it wasn't until after I had like some pretty heavy trauma later in the year in 2018 and beginning of 2019 that some symptoms kind of came back. Um, and, and then 2020 and then uh, the stress and everything. And I think just the, from the stress and trauma that my symptoms kind of exploded again, and then it became like, this is serious. I really need to figure this out. And then I started asking friends who are in the more like holistic medical world who know people and who are very talented at what they do. Like somebody help me find someone who can actually tell me if this is Lyme or not. Like this is the next thing I've got to rule out. And so it was in 2020 that I started pursuing that. And then that's when I found you. Great. Well, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, making diet changes, lifestyle changes. Can you share a little bit about, you know, what sort of changes were you making? Yeah. In the beginning, um, I had read a book by JJ Virgin actually, and it was the set it's called the Virgin diet. So I found out about how foods can be inflammatory foods that we eat every day that I had no idea could be problematic there, you know, like eggs, wheat, things that I just was having all the time. And I never felt a reaction, like eat the food and then feel a reaction. So I didn't have any idea that they could be connected, but I did do the elimination diet. And within days, my symptoms were completely gone. And it just kind of opened my mind and my eyes to this whole world. And I just started reading ingredients on everything and just making little swaps here and there and making changes. Those, like I said, in 2013, just little bits at a time. But my symptoms just completely vanished. And I became like, I'm so excited about this. I just had to share it with everyone around me. Like, you guys know, like this could be causing your this and that. Cause I just had no idea anything about inflammation. And so that, that's kind of how it got started. And I just, it's been kind of like a little bit of a snowball ever since. Well, I think it speaks to how powerful food really is. And I know, I, I think that some of us have the experience of eating a food. We don't get anaphylactic reactions. We don't get true food allergies, but you know, we get these delayed reactions and, you know, we know from the research, the reaction can be delayed up to three days after you've eaten a food. So if you're eating, you know, tomatoes or potatoes or wheat or eggs or dairy, you know, you may not feel it immediately, but, you know, a lot of the symptoms that often we chalk up to Lyme disease in some cases can actually be related to a food sensitivity. And I'm always amazed. And I guess at this point I shouldn't be amazed anymore, but when we make, you know, these very simple dietary changes and pull out, especially a lot of the common known food sensitivities like dairy, wheat, egg, soy, uh, you know, things of that nature, how much better people feel and often in a pretty short period of time, yeah. get rid of the offending agent often within a matter of, you know, even two to three weeks, people will notice improvement in their health. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was, it was within a week or two that I just, I could not believe the changes I felt in my body. It was very encouraging. Yeah. And then even when I did the, like you were saying, when I did the reintroduction, it took a full almost 24 hours for me to get a reaction when I did reintroduce the food. So it, it helped me also to be more aware of that. Like, I'm not going to feel things always right away. It might take time for my body to react. So I need to pay attention. Yeah. And, and talk a little bit about some of the lifestyle changes too. In the beginning, I, you know, I started making my own cleaning products because I found that to be easy and really affordable and also just trying to navigate that in the grocery store. It's still 2013, but it's still, it's very complicated because these things have all these labels on the front, all these marketing claims, you know, and they look good. And then you turn it around and you're like, what's all this junk inside of it? So it was very overwhelming for me to try and navigate which one of these are actually less toxic and which ones aren't. 
So I just started making my own. And um, so that was a big part of it too. And then it started to become, you know, the personal care products and other things here and there. It wasn't until years later that I started making more like costly investments, like the air purifier or the water filter, just because we couldn't afford it. We had to save up for those kinds of things. But I did a lot of really small budget-friendly changes along the way, and those made a huge difference. Yeah, I think so many people with any chronic illness, certainly chronic Lyme toxicity, is often a big obstacle to what stops people from getting well. And we're just bombarded with toxins in our world every day, from what we eat, to what we breathe, to what we drink, to what we put on our skin and our hair. So lowering your toxic burden, which is what you've really done, you know, again, it's just another pretty, I think, simple, inexpensive thing that anybody can do to help improve your health by just you know, paying attention to you know, what's on the, the back of the label. What are the ingredients? And it's funny because, I mean, you and I both know this, too, that, you know, when it says natural, well, what's natural? You know, it's, it's pretty broad what's described as natural. There's a lot of really toxic things that are natural. That doesn't mean they're safe and it's wise to, you know, put on your skin or, you know, use as a shampoo. So it's, right. it's, it's, poop is natural, you know. Exactly. <laughs> doesn't mean I'm Leonard in my cleaning products. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, I often refer people to some place like, you know, the Environmental Working Group, EWG.org and SafeCosmetics.com. There's a lot of great online resources where you can do your own investigation on which products are really safe and which ones are really just marketing hype. Because, again, there's a lot of garbage out there that gets pawned as being, you know, safe uh, for you and your family and come to find out that they put parabens, they put other phthalates, you know, other kinds of chemicals that, again, you know, it's the, it's the, you know, death by a thousand cuts. It's yes. like any one toxic exposure may not be enough for your body, but it's that accumulation that happens day after day after day. And particularly for something that, uh, you know, you use on a daily basis. I mean, I mean, I've got family members that, you know, use like Glade plug-in sprays and it's like, oh, it smells so good. I'm like, right, but it's not natural. It's it's formaldehyde and phenol and all these other toxic chemicals that you're now breathing in every single day or every time you walk in the room. So, you know, just swapping out those toxic things for non-toxic things can really, again, have a big impact on your health. Absolutely. And the other way around too, the more of those things that we have in our health, there's a cumulative impact on how we feel. Yeah. So, you know, tell me a little bit too. I mean, you know, you're also a mom of two small kids, you know, you've got a husband. I mean, how was it going through this process, you know, for your kids, for your husband, for other people in your life? How was that experience? It's um, not been easy. <laughs> I mean, wait, my husband works full time. I run a business that I didn't intend to do. I'm not a business person, but this kind of is in my lap and I'm trying to navigate how to do that. I'm homeschooling two kids. They're little and I'm not feel I wasn't feeling well. And there's like a cost involved too. You know, there's a it's a physical, emotional, and financial cost. And I didn't feel like I had any of that to give. But there was really not much other option because I needed to feel well to be able to take care of my family and myself. And so it wasn't easy, but it was manageable and we made it work. And uh it's been very, very well worth it. Well, I, I got to give you a lot of credit. I mean, obviously, you know, being your doctor and watching you and everything you've done, you know, I mean, if I had, you know, an ideal patient, I mean, you would be it because you did everything you were supposed to. And beyond that, I mean, I look in terms of what you did with your diet, your lifestyle, reducing your toxicity. Uh, and some of the things I know you were doing sauna, 
Uh, you know, you're really helping with detoxification, dry brushing. Uh, and you know, when you start doing all these little things again, it didn't happen quickly. I mean, you know, we had a, a few setbacks over the course of time, you know, often timed in with stressful events or, you know, getting sick or some other thing that, you know, taxes your immune system. But, you know, it was the, again, that, you know, three steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, one step back over time though. You know, we finally got to a point where I think, you know, I've officially now discharged you as a Lyme patient because, you know, at this point, you know, I think you're doing pretty well. So share with us. I mean, how are you feeling today? I feel incredible. I mean, I haven't felt that I'm going to cry. I have not felt this good in like two decades. I, I just turned 40 and I would anticipate like I would have like less energy and not be feeling great as this 40 year old lady with two small children and all these things going on. But I honestly just feel so good, like clear minded. There was a whole probably year and a half where I had this thing that I called fog fatigue. That was like this would wash over me, like the curtains would close and it was just brain fog and fatigue all rolled into one. And I couldn't think straight, hold a conversation, just all these things. You know, I have not had any of that in, oh gosh, almost a year. It'll be a year next month that that went away. And I'm just... No, the joy pain. I mean, I just, I feel good. I really don't want to explain it, but I feel like I should feel. And I did not know that that was going to be really attainable for me. Well, I'm just so thrilled that, you know, you've got your health back. You know, you're doing everything you want to do. And uh, you said you started your own business. So for those of you who are on Instagram, is uh, Shauna runs a little less toxic. And it's a fantastic site. I follow Shauna as well. I mean, a lot of great tips on, I mean, you're in the kitchen cooking, showing recipes, meals, uh, non-toxic products, cleaning supplies, makeup. I think I've seen you kind of do it all. But if you guys are just looking for great tips on living a cleaner, healthier life, definitely uh, you're going to want to follow Shauna at A Little Less Toxic. And we'll drop the link in the show notes. But uh, there's a lot of really useful information. And I like it too because a lot of it is budget conscious. I know we're all mindful of, you know, budget. And of course you could go out and spend thousands of dollars on expensive air purifiers and water filters. And if you have the budget to do that, that's great. But I know so many of you don't necessarily have that at this point. So it's nice. Now, what are the, th what's that low hanging fruit? What are those little things that we can do every day to get ourselves better? Yes. Yeah. The small things really add up and make a big difference. So as a live recoverer, for those again, who are listening, you know, before we close out, do you have any uh, pearls of wisdom you'd like to share with people who are still in the struggle and are still dealing with their own Lyme? I don't know. I think that my journey is probably not look like anyone else's. You know, I wish I would have been able to tackle this years before, but we can't really beat ourselves up for what we didn't know. We can just take the information that we have now and then take the next best step and whatever your next best step is, is going to look different from someone else's. There's no sense in comparing. It's just doing what you can with what you're able and as it makes sense for you and just keep putting one foot in front of the other and it, it will make a difference. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. You know, everyone's Lyme journey is their own journey. It's really hard to compare yourself with one, anyone else. So don't look necessarily around to everyone around you who's going through their own struggle. Our bodies are different. Our environments are different. But again, I just want to offer a message of encouragement again, as a Lyme recoverer myself and Sean is a Lyme recoverer that is possible. Everyone's journey is a little bit different, but if you're still in the fight, still in the struggle, 
uh, you know, hang in there. There is a, there is a, a potential end in sight. And if you found some ways that don't work for you, that's okay. You know, I, I always say, you know, Thomas Edison said, I found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. It doesn't mean that there aren't other ways that's going to work better for your body. So definitely uh, keep searching for those right answers for you. And again, if you're not in the health, uh, hands of a healthcare provider that's really uh, aligned with where you're trying to achieve, you know, definitely seek out someone who's Lyme literate, who really understands this illness and can give you really good guidance on getting through your Lyme journey. So, Shauna, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you sharing your story of hope and I wish you continued health uh, success on your journey. Thank you so much, Dr. Ingalls. Thank you.